This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Quick update on the Yankees. I did tell you that after trailing six, not the nasty Nestor just didn't have it today. Uh, the Yankees responded with a home run from Higashioka, a home run from Judge. Volpe scored on a wild pitch. That made it 6-5. to five. Then Judge came up with one man on. And hit a two-run blast, made it 7-6. Oswaldo Cabrera gave them some insurance runs, which was much needed because after taking a 9-6 lead, the Rays responded with two runs of their own. Yankees now two outs away in the Bronx from taking two of the first three games of the four-game series uh, against the Tampa Bay Rays. So we will keep you posted on that. We are taking your calls on the Knicks. That is a devastating gut-wrenching, heartbreaking loss last night at the hands of Miami. You do wonder, if the Celtics win tomorrow, you're a Knicks fan. Who are you rooting for in the Eastern Conference Finals? You're rooting for the Miami organization that you can't stand and that just beat you? Or you're rooting for the hated Celtics? That is, I guess tomorrow you're all in on Philly because Heat Celtics it just sounds like an absolute disaster for you if you're a Knicks fan. Uh, speaking of sounding like a disaster for some people, I have to ask you a question. Because at some point, the evidence is going to become so overwhelming, you're going to have to be forced to admit something that you thought you might never have to. LeBron James last night gave you a ho-hum 39-9 on 71% true shooting percentage. In a closeout game of the playoffs. And we no one was really wowed by it because you've come to expect that from LeBron. And now he's back in the Western Conference Finals. So if LeBron, as the best player on the seventh-seeded Lakers team, goes through number two-seed Memphis, then through the defending champion Warriors— then through the number one seeded Denver Nuggets, who had a, has a two-time league MVP, Nikola Jokic, who could have won it for the third straight year, who right now looks like he might be the best player in basketball. If he goes through that, gets to the finals for the 11th time, and then beats whoever comes out of the East, and now he's got ring number five, finals MVP number five, a guy who's had the longest prime in NBA history, a guy who is the... Best playoff performer in NBA history, year 20, age 38, and LeBron is still doing this. The Lakers started 2-10, and 10, and now they're in the Western Conference Finals. They were dead in the water, 13th seed, after the All-Star break. If LeBron is able to do this, then doesn't the evidence become so overwhelming? Everyone who was so resistant to, he'd never catch Jordan. He'd never pass Jordan. No chance. He's not even in Jordan's league. It's year 20, and we're still talking about this guy possibly getting to the NBA Finals. You know what's so interesting? The Warriors constructed a dynasty, put a team together to beat LeBron. And we're watching, you know, 2017, 2018, 2019, and we're thinking, all right, that's it for LeBron. He wins a championship in 2020. The Warriors come back, win it again last year. But he, he knocked them out again in the playoffs. So he pretty much has outlasted a dynasty that was constructed to beat him, winning before they got here, might win after they get, they're get they done. And, and, and at some point, we've got to look at the full body of work and say, 
I, I've held on to Jordan being the GOAT for a long time, but LeBron's too damn good. And he's done it year after year after year. And for the 16th straight time last night in a home closeout game, he delivered. Again. So you can you can continue to ride. the. He'll never pass MJ. He'll never catch MJ. You can continue to do that. But we're going to get, we're going to arrive at that station of, Wait, he's got five championships, five finals MVPs, four regular season MVPs. He did it for 20 years. He's the all-time leading scorer in regular season and playoff history. He's taken three teams and won championships with three different franchises. He was a star at 17 and still one of the best players in the league at 38. Like, at some point, it's just, what, what can I do with all of this evidence other than to admit Guys, LeBron James, the greatest player in NBA history. Back to your phone calls <laughs> when we return right here on 98.7 ESPN. You, this is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Kane Jr. tweets at me, stop it. Talk to me when LeBron James can erase his five finals losses as if losing in the first round is better than losing in the finals. And I love MJ, but, like, he couldn't get out the first round for the first seven years of his career. And the argument for LeBron being losing in the finals is so crazy because you're saying that, like, it would basically what you're saying is this. If if the Lakers, it, it would be better for LeBron to lose this series against the Nuggets, against the Nuggets than to lose next round against the Celtics. Winning more playoff series hurts your legacy. Yeah, doesn't make sense. Uh, let's go to New Jersey. We talked to Sebastian. What's up, Sebastian? Hey, how's it going, Ty? Going Thanks well, for man. My call. Thank you for making it. What's up? Uh, I was calling to uh, talk about the Knicks. Uh, I think last night was a disappointment. I think mean, we all agree on that. But based on preseason expectations, I think it was a great success. The uh, biggest blessing, I think, was not getting Donovan Mitchell. I know you disagree with that. But uh, I think we'd be in the same boat with less of a supporting cast and less assets for the future. Uh, before the season started, uh, you know, it was, oh, we overpaid for Brunson. We overpaid for RJ. It is a playing team at best. We made it to the playoffs. When we got to the playoffs, they said, oh, we can't beat the Cavaliers. Cavaliers in seven. We beat them in five. And, uh, you know, once we all got on board, we kind of fell apart at that point. We got excited for the Eastern Conference Finals, got ahead of ourselves, and, uh, that's where it all went wrong. But uh, all in all, I'm happy where the team is. I think uh, we're in a good spot. I'm ready to uh, ship Randall off. Uh, but uh, I think we got some good starting pieces here. As everyone is, appreciate the call, Sebastian. Just quick update. The Yankees, uh, I mean, how do you argue that this wasn't the most impressive win of the season? Up 6 nothing. were the Tampa Bay Rays. Yankees come back. They win 9-8. Wandy Peralta closes it out. So the Yankees have taken two of the first three games of this series and are now 23-18 and 18 on the year. So still uh, a lot of ground to make up in the division, but that's a big win for the Yankees. And look, you know, Cole had a 6-0 lead that they, they blew to the Rays. So the Rays now blow a 6-0 lead to the Yankees. I uh, just wanted to... 
give you an update on that. Let's go to Jersey. Back to Jersey to talk to Mar. What's up, Mar? How you doing? All right, thanks for taking my call. Um, been a Knicks fan since I came to this country, uh, 1970, uh, 71, that, that era, you know, Willis Reed, that era, Walt Frazier. And the biggest, the biggest thing I see that's wrong with the Knicks, and I mean, I love Jalen Brunson, but their offense, when they bring the ball up the court, it gets started so late in the clock that they, the options are limited. So the ball gets passed maybe once, and if it goes to Julius, you can forget it. It's, it's, it that's where it's going to stay. And when you watch the Heat play, you know, Jimmy Butler, he comes up, he gets bottled up. They bring the ball up a lot faster, whether it's Kyle Lowry. And, you know, we bring the ball up slow, whether we take it out of bounds or we get the or we get a defensive rebound. The ball still comes up the floor way too slow, and by the time you look up, there's a panic. You know, it's, it's nine seconds on the clock. Julius has the ball. And here comes this crazy panic shot. <laughs> and that's part of the problem. Yeah. And that's the reason why you saw them late in the game. They were rolling the ball in, and the Heat was smart enough to stay in the backcourt to force them to pick it up. Because that was the game plan. The Heat was like, the Heat's game plan, coming from Spolstra, forced Jalen Brunson to bring the ball up mm-hmm. slow enough that when you look up, there's, there's 10 seconds on the clock. There's Correct. 12, 13, 14. And here comes this crazy looking shot and or or it goes in uh, if Jalen doesn't hit the shot it goes to somebody else and if they don't hit the shot forget it we're they're going the other way yeah and listen their offense has been slow all season I appreciate the call they're one of the slower paced teams in the league and what got lost in that Cleveland series was the Knicks didn't shoot the three ball well but they got bailed out by Mitchell Robinson and, and Isaiah Hartenstein all of the offensive rebounds led to second and third chance opportunities that, you know, the more shots you get, obviously, the better your chances are of scoring on that particular possession. So that's what really helped them in that series, whereas against Miami, Miami was much better on the boards. And another concern that you didn't even mention was how many made layups did Miami get off of Knicks made baskets? Where Kevin Love's throwing that outlet pass. Jimmy Butler's throwing that outlet pass. We saw at least twice a game Miami get dunks or layups off of Knicks made baskets. And that's the again, I, I I'm not overly critical of Thibodeau to the point where, you know, folks are calling for him to be fired. I think that's nonsense. But those are the type of little plays that can alter games and in the end is the difference between winning and losing a series. Jalen Brunson was fantastic and he he was so great that the Knicks might have lost this series in five games. But he willed them to win. He was not going to allow them to lose Game Five at home. And then last night, last night, all he needed was for one other guy to step up, one other guy, and he couldn't get it. Lemuel calling from Staten Island. What's up? What's going on, Ty? How are you, man? Doing well, man. What's up? Talk to me. Good talking to you. Ed. You're doing amazing, by the way. Um, actually, the guy from Twitter, Memes for Todd, the one that went to uh, L.A. Oh, you went to the Laker uh, game. Was that Laker game four? Yeah, you were at game four, that blowout? Four. Too easy, man. I said that blowout, way too easy. I was so glad I went to game four instead of game six. We had planned to go to game six. But my boy's like, let's go to a game that we know they're going to play. And I'm, you know, um, and uh, but 
you know, big ups to LeBron, man. He showed himself up last night. Yeah, I mean, people are going to do the mental gymnastics to say why he's not the greatest player of all time. But what you're watching and what you have been watching the last 20 years, is, we're never going to see it again. Or And if we do, it's going to be a long time from now. He just came in and established himself. I mean, I'm not a LeBron fan, but he established himself in the first, you know, the first several sessions of that game. And he just showed that uh, we, you are not going to win tonight, you know. And, and uh, I think the Warriors saw that and they responded. But anyway, I wanted to talk about um, Julius Randle. So I know people are wanting to trade him off. I was just thinking on the other way around. Is there a team, and what do you think, if there's a team in the NBA right now who can use a Julius Randle, and if they can use him, who would they trade for him, um, if that makes sense? I appreciate the call. I think that the tough part is if you're buying on Julius Randle, it's when his stock is the lowest. Like who? What, what team out there – just watch Julius Randle go from being a 25-10-5 guy during the regular season to 17-8-4 on significantly worse shooting splits. Like, that's—I've defended him all year. I felt like I was the biggest Julius Randle fan at this station. But you watched that series, and you never felt like this was going to be a guy— that was going to impose his will and not allow you to lose. And I'm watching the first quarter or the first half yesterday where Brunson goes for 22, and it it, it looked like, and it, it not that it dawned on me for the first time, but I'm thinking Julius looks much more comfortable as the second guy because we saw in that three years ago in that playoff series against the Hawks, he was just not comfortable being the focal point of an offense where a team is now game-planning against him in a series, and how do we stop him? Jalen Brunson eases the pressure off of him. But I think we got to give my guy Dusty, uh, call me D-Block on Twitter, he does stats for, for another network, put, put this out yesterday, that of, of, of any guy taking 15-plus shots a game since the merger, guess who has the worst shooting percentage? That would be Julius Randle. It's Julius Randle, Sugar Ray Richardson, irony there, and Dylan Brooks as far as the three worst shooting percentages of anyone of 15-plus attempts. All three players, the only three players uh, to shoot under 40% with with that volume of, of shooting. It's something that can be explained as, you know, he just is not built for the moment. And I understand the frustration of guys wanting to ship him out because it isn't just about the lack of production. It's the the, the poor body language and the inability to really just submit yourself to the nuances of the offense. Like how many times do we got to watch you pound the ball into the ground, do a spin move, turn the ball over until we see, all right, move, move the rock. And that's what got the Knicks into trouble yesterday. They they were they were so ISO heavy where my and then you go the other way. Miami's moving the ball around the perimeter. Miami's missing shots, but they're getting quality look after quality look that eventually is going to get hit. Eventually it's gonna get knocked down. What I didn't understand, however, was the maniacs and the clowns who were vandalizing his poster outside of MSG. That is just clown behavior. 
and it's something that shouldn't be used to paint a broad brush over the entirety of the fan base because I don't think it's reflective of every Nick fan. It would be unfair to associate that with the entirety of the base. But for all of those who, who were involved in that last night, don't wonder why marquee free agents don't want to come here. That was embarrassing. And that was just like the low point of your life. To after a watch party at the Garden, I understand being frustrated and annoyed. It's a heartbreaking loss. And boy, could he have done so much better. If he would have just been average yesterday, you're preparing for a Game 7 at MSG. But the, the whole poster and they're drawing on his face, they're ripping it down. Come on, man. You're just sending the wrong message. That, that, don't, don't be that guy. That, that, just, that just rubbed me the wrong way when I saw it was going around Twitter. Let's go to Arizona. It's been waiting patiently. We talked to Bob. What's up, Bob? Oh, hey. Hi, Ty. How's it going? So, go. um, you know, I want to approach this a little objective. I'm really, really annoyed with all this uh, hate going toward Julius Randle. And, I mean, there's no – everyone can agree that there's absolutely no way we're even in this position without him on the team, okay? I, I mean, a lot of people are looking at his numbers yesterday. What did he go, 3 for 13 or something like that? Yeah, Randall was 3 of 14, I believe. 3 of 14. 3 for 14. and and the, But I think really, ultimately, you, look, you have to go to kids. It's about – when you're the coach – you have to get the best out of your players. Everybody has different talents. It's like a chef. You, you have your ingredients, right? The ingredients have your pros and cons. You got to make the best dish. So you have your team. They have their. Each player has your understanding, the strengths and weaknesses of each of individual players. Putting it together, and then bring, bringing some success. The schematics of the, that offense. I don't understand it. He kept doing the ISO. I mean, I don't hear you saying it. I mean. The ISO was consistently not working. Whenever the Knicks had a run, it was when they had the ball was moving. When they put OB in, I'm not saying OB should have been in a lot, okay? But but the bottom line is, you look at the ball movement was so much better when there was ball ball movement. No, I get I get that, Bob. Game. Bob, I get but, that. So but you, you cannot put that all on the coach. When guys are when, when from three, Randall's one of seven. Uh, RJ's 0 of 3. Grimes is 1 of 6. Hart is 1 of 4. When guys are just missing threes, you can't put that on the head coach. Because you talk about the ingredients, right? The chef is is responsible for making the most of the ingredients. Well, these were the same ingredients that got them to the number 5 seed in the Eastern Conference where they're over under before the year at Vegas was a 30, 38 and a half wins. This is the same ingredients that this chef used to dispatch of the Cavs in five games in the first round when most folks, even if you were an optimistic Nick fan, had to go in six or seven games. So I think it's just lazy to blame the coach. These guys well, I, I, did not perform. And credit Miami and Spolstra for the defense that, that they used, the, the zoning and the trapping of, of Brunson and pick and roll. I don't want to get too X's and O's heavy because no one wants to listen to that. But some some of it is credit to the opposing team and the head coach. And the other part of it is, while Tibbs should get some of the blame because he's you know the guy overseeing the operation, Randall and R.J. Barrett going 4 of 24, I mean, you're drawing dead against any team in the playoffs when that's your production from your second and third best players. 
right, can I respond to what you just said? Of course you can. All right. All right. So, yeah. So I agree that Grimes Cape did not execute. Hart didn't execute. I agree. I totally. I, I want to put more of the blame on the losses because these guys that are getting open threes are not hitting. All right. That's fine. But keep going back to the well of this ISO play that consistently is coming up short. Having Randall, having them consistently, Julius, um, Julius Randall and Jalen Brunson running the clock down, and then they got to put up a, a shot when they're double or triple teamed. But I mean, I, it, it kept happening over and over, and that's what it's about adjustment. Okay, I hear that. Make any adjustment? I hear know? that. If you want to say that there could have been more adjustments, and I appreciate the call. In the playoffs from, from Tom Thibodeau, look, I, I will be open to that because, again, he's the head of the operation. But the Knicks were the third-best offense in all of basketball during the regular season, and they just didn't have their stars show up. Javier's in Queens. What's up, Javier? What up, Ty? How are you? Doing well, man. How you doing? Good, good. Uh, I mean, a couple of things. I do want to start off with the Knicks, but then I do want to talk to you about your Lakers. But in regards to the Knicks, personally, like I'm just – as a, as a native New Yorker, a lifelong Knicks fan, I'm really disappointed with a lot of the hate that's coming their way. I feel like before the season even started, if you, um, I think the anticipation was that Brunson was going to be a bust, uh, his contract was going to be terrible, and that Thibs was going to be out. And n- none of those things happened. If you told someone before the season that they would go into the second round of the playoffs, they'd be a fifth seed, they wouldn't even be a play-in, you know, people would have taken that. Like, people should be really happy about what happened. I think they're real prisoners of the moment because – you know, the East is kind of open right now, and, and the league is kind of open right now. But overall, the Knicks season was, was a, a, a wild success, I, 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 in my opinion, okay? Um, what I do want to say about I've, – I've spoken with you before. I've spoken with you when you were call screener for days. Like, you know, your, your troll game is, is, is on point today because stating that the Lakers would beat the Knicks in five, like, come on. Like, AD is one paper cut away from never playing another game. Like, you know – like, to me – the, the easiest bet in that Knicks series was that Butler was going to get hurt at some point. Unfortunately, he only got hurt for one game. Mm. But in all honesty, like, to, to, to think that the Lakers are just going to ride this out, like, come on. Like, there's a good chance that, that the Jokers is going to embarrass AD. And then the thought that LeBron is, is the GOAT, it's opinion-based. You know, personally, like, it's hard to compare these guys. Like, if you want to compare them to the high school guys that came out, there are people that will take Kobe and will take KG over LeBron. I'm a LeBron fan. He incredible game. But, like, when you come to this, like, it's an un, it's a, you're on the unpopular side of this. Most people are, are going to go with Jordan. He just never came up short in areas where LeBron did. Oh, yeah. And, he uh, never came up short except the years where he was bounced in the first round, a year where he missed the playoffs. I, I got it. I appreciate the call, Javier. I did he play those first-round series? Uh, he lost in the series. How did LeBron play in the how finals? Did he play in those series? How, how did, did LeBron, he play in those How did LeBron play in series in the finals where he lost? How did LeBron look in the 2015 against, finals? How did he play against Dallas? That's one series. That's one series. Oh, and and so how, how that's, you play in that series. That's what he was terrible in that series. Terrible. Sound mad. But that's what like I got you. That's one. You didn't get me. <laughs> you, you didn't get me at all. You you're asking me about one playoff series where he was horrendous. But guys act like oh, six finals losses. It's it it is better to lose earlier in the playoffs. That's what you're saying when you do the whole losing in the finals. Like Le- LeBron's you could say one of LeBron's Best moments, right? Was 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 2015 uh, in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Celtics. Beats the Celtics. 
then they lose Kyrie and Kevin Love in the finals. It would have been better. So you're saying because he lost in the finals, it would have been better to lose in the Eastern Conference finals. And this idea that, oh, you know, he's Jokic is just going to, you know, embarrass Anthony Davis. What would be the first time it happened in their careers? Be the first time it happened. He's going to embarrass him like he did in the 2020 playoffs, right? When Anthony Davis was 31 and 6 and Jokic was 21 and 12. I'll play along. 800 919 You're going to come at me. You got to be better than that, Javier, right here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. To talk to Mel in the Bronx. What's up, Mel? Hey, what's up, Ty? What's good, man? I'm good, man. What's up? What's going on? What's going on? Um, so I just want to, like, say, like, New York fans need to just relax and just take a step back. Like, look at the season and what we did in the season. Look what we did in the playoffs. You know, be happy. All the all the Julius bashing. I mean, it, it it's just crazy sometimes. It's just crazy. Granted, he doesn't have the best body language. He's not the best in the playoffs. But he gets us there. We need extra we need extra help to get to the next level. So that's what we need to do in the off season. Um, another thing, with, with the bashing of, of, of Julius, like this is the reason why a lot of stars don't come to New York. You know, just for this reason. We, we say we're the most loyal fans in the world, but we're so quick to flip-flop on our players. Like, we just need to relax. I remember one time we almost, uh, we, well, we didn't almost. We, we booed Derek Jeter. Yeah. Like, who does that? <laughs> Patrick Ewan heard it. Listen, I appreciate the call, Mel. I, I think it is absolutely fair if you're a Knicks fan to be critical of Julius Randle because we've now seen in two playoff runs he just was a diminished version of his regular season self. That regular season self was an all-star and all-NBA player. So when you set the expectation and the bar there – we want you to go out there in the playoffs and worst case scenario, be the same player, but best case, take your game to the next level because that's what we expect our stars to do on every team that we root for. So for Randall, uh, I mentioned, you know, 25, 10 and five during the regular season down to 17, eight and four in the playoffs. And last night in that fourth quarter, man, him along with everyone else, not named Brunson just looked petrified. They did not want the basketball. And what hurts him is the body language. We can all see it. Everyone's talking about the body language. It's a big game. It's the biggest game of the season. Brunson is out there doing everything in his power to woo you to victory, and you've got bad body language. Why? Because you're in your own head? Because you're struggling? And again, this is a guy I've defended all season long. It's just hard to continue to do that when... The last we saw you, you were 3 of 14 in a winnable game. Game 6 in Miami, 3 of 14. Make two more shots. And we're previewing Game 7 at MSG, a game that you'd be favored to win. We go to New Jersey to talk to Corey. What's up, Corey? Ty, what's going on, my brother? How you doing? Yo, man, I'm I'm chilling, man. Talk to me. Good, good. I just, just want to make two quick points. Number one, um, this is probably... The, easily the most overachieving Knicks team probably maybe in my lifetime. I'm 35. I mean, for, for a team with no superstar and two guys who are, you could say, borderline stars, to get to six games against a team with 
championship pedigree like Miami, I, I think it's pretty impressive. I, I don't I don't see how, you know, even the most diehard of Knicks fans can be upset about that. Well, they're upset because you had a chance to win that game, and you had a, a very good chance to win that series. And if you were someone who, before this series started, watched Milwaukee and, and Miami, and you were rooting for Miami, it was because you thought you could beat them. Remember, there, there was, we want the heat, we want the heat, you got them, and they beat you in six games. That's why Knicks fans are upset. But the, but the Heat have Jimmy Butler. The, the Knicks don't have a Jimmy Butler. Yeah, but they you knew that before the series. Corey, before the series, when you wanted the Heat, it's not like they, they traded for him mid-series. They, they, he, he was on the Heat when they were Knicks fans saying, we want the Heat. That didn't change. True. So that's why but they're upset. They, they, they don't have a guy. The, the Knicks just don't have a guy that can turn it up to that level like we've seen Jimmy Butler do multiple times. They just don't have that. Yeah, they don't. And and hopefully you're, you are building toward getting that. And I appreciate the call because Brunson, I, I said this, I, I watched that game last night and I'm thinking, is this the best Nick performance I've ever seen? Because I can't go back to, you know, Walt Frazier, and, you know, 37 and 19 you know, to win a championship. I, I, I wasn't born then. So I'm watching that performance last night in that environment, considering how physically compromised he was. He he got five made field goals from the entirety of his of his starting five. He poured in 41 points. Still had a chance to win the game. Unfortunate turnover did them in. But that that that's the type of season. That's the type of playoff run where you say of all the changes we got to make, this guy's a keeper. We got to build around him. We still need a superstar, but we got to build around him. Let's talk to Keith in New Jersey. What's up, Keith? Hey, Ty. Uh, just wanted to chat about the uh, LeBron um, Jordan conversation you guys been having. Okay, let's hear it. So, um, okay, so one of the things I think you one of your points is not winning before, it, not not going to the finals uh, where. LeBron went. I don't think that's the issue, at least for a Jordan fan like myself. Okay, let's hear it. I consider uh, Jordan being considered the greatest of all time before he even went to a championship. That's the first thing. Even he scored the sixty-three. Larry Bird called him Jesus. Then, mm-hmm. yeah. so it's not like people were saying that before he even won anything. He didn't really have to. He dominated the league before he went to a championship. Mm-hmm. So then. When Jordan goes to the championship after he finally dismisses the Pistons, he didn't lose the championship. He just when he started winning championships, he kept winning them. I think that's the difference between LeBron and Jordan. When LeBron went to a finals, he lost and lost, and then when he finally won, other people started winning too. It wasn't like he was locking it down. Yeah, so but I, I mean. Well, you say once Jordan started winning, he just stopped winning. I guess you're not including the the the, the, the '95 season where they lost in in the second round of the playoffs uh, to who was oh, well, it? Well, oh, well, well, uh, I knew you were going to bring that up because a lot of people do. Jordan came, came back, back yeah, season, came back right? in the middle right? of the season, right? so we don't count wait, that. Wait, I get it. Wait, Listen, wait Keith, minute, I get minute, it. Wait a minute. I get it, Keith. We wait. don't count that. We wait. only count the years that he no, won a championship. No, 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 no. Jordan played six can. years. He played six years no, in the no, NBA. No, 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 no. That's it. No, Ty, I want to have a conversation. We can count that. We just need to understand the context of that year. 
He didn't come back to start the season. He just came back in the middle of the season. That, that's it. That's the only reason that, that was it. So why is it that context can only be applied to MJ's season but not LeBron's? When you bring up the finals no, record, no. he loses. Hey, you, Keith, Keith. All right, come down, Keith. Keith, I, let me talk because I let you talk, so now you're going to listen to me. Context yeah, being yeah. applied to MJ. Okay, he uh-huh. came back in the middle of the season. Wasn't expected right. to win a championship there. When you talk about LeBron's finals losses, let's talk about uh-huh. how he, the greatest team of all time has 73 wins that he beat, by the way, then added Kevin Durant. So that's two finals losses. Let's talk about in, in 07 wait, when he dragged the Cavs. I'm still talking, wait, wait, Keith. Final- Keith, I'm still talking. I'm still talking, Keith. I'm still talking. When he dragged that Cavs team with Mo Williams as his second best player to the finals and lost to the Spurs. That's context. It's like what we like to do is Jordan, we can only count the years he won because when the years we lost, we have to provide context to that. But LeBron's finals record gets used against him and we can't apply context to that. You may continue, Keith. Um, I'm not saying you can't. You can you can do all the context for everything. If what What you're talking about, though, is you're saying he dragged a team to the finals. He did. That's okay. If he dragged a team to the finals, he didn't win. Okay. Okay. He, but when he was on Miami, he didn't drag that team to the finals. No, but and they when da- they when, won two when, championships. When beat, but when Dallas beat when Dallas beat him, his first chance he got with that team, that he didn't drag them. So if we're going to just keep things in context, we can always talk context. But you can't you can't decide which context you want. No. So, so you said the finals losses when he beat the um, Golden State Warriors. That wasn't the finals loss. He beat them. No, oh, he lost to the, he lost to them in the finals in 2017 and 2018, and he also lost to them in 2015. So he's got three finals right, losses you, to the Warriors. But you brought up the the 73 and 19. Yes, the team that he That's beat. The team he beat. Yes. That's the team he beat. Yes. So there's no context to have a conversation about this. He, no. he beat them. So, okay. I'll be, okay, but I'm talking about the years he lost to that team. Like when Kyrie and Love okay. gets hurt in 2015. That's context. Okay. In 2017, yes. when the team that he just beat that won 73 games added Kevin Durant. So, I look, we can go back and forth about this all day, and I appreciate the call, Keith. Uh, unfortunately... There are some people, like yourself, that have decided LeBron's never going to catch him. LeBron can go off and win the next 10 championships and play to his 48, never going to catch Jordan because of final losses. My argument for that is, are you saying that it's better to lose earlier in the playoffs than it is to lose later? Like, should LeBron in those years said, you know, have said, you know what, finals record would be affected let me just go out in the Eastern Conference Finals. Let me just put up two of 17 and not drag a team that has no business being there to the finals because we're going to lose anyway. It's going to be held against me. And if you're that guy who thinks that, it's ridiculous and you know it. We'll be back right here on 98.7 ESPN.